Hello, everybody. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I am your host, Michael Lombardo. I am very excited to dive into the subject matter that we will be getting into today. I have a great guest for you and um, a very deep topic here that I really believe will enlighten you, empower you in many ways. Um, For those of you who um, know Awaken Podcast, for those of you who have listened to several episodes, you'll you'll be able to tell there's a little bit of a difference in sound quality here, um, mainly because of the COVID-19 and our studio being closed down temporarily. We're going to try to make it as um, clear and as clean as possible for you guys. And I just thank you for your patience in this time frame. But I want to get into a scripture here. Um, It's in 1 John 2.14. And I really, I believe that this is also um, getting into the subject today of spiritual warfare, of being victorious in Christ, knowing who you are in that sense is um, very good for even this time right now, what a lot of people are going through. Okay. And so um, I really believe this episode is going to strengthen you, enlighten you, really empower you. And so I'm going to read from 1 John 2, 14. This is, this is out of the NIV. And this is a scripture that I, I love. As a new believer, I really latched onto it. And um, it gave me a lot of hope and it imparted faith into me when I really needed it, kind of with all the spiritual stuff I was going through as a new believer. But this is the Apostle John. And he, and he says this, I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives inside of you and you have overcome the evil one. Uh, it's First John 2.14 out of the NIV. I just love that last statement right there. He makes very bold, uh, uh, uncompromised declarations there. He says, you are strong. They probably weren't feeling strong at the time, honestly. They probably felt weak in a lot of senses. He knew this church. He knew what they were going through. But he said, you are strong. And he said, yes, confidently, the word of God lives on the inside of you. He was declaring that over them. And then he also said, you have overcome the evil one. He didn't say you will one day be victorious over the evil one. Keep pressing through, keep fighting, and you'll one day gain victory over over Satan. He said, no, you have overcome the evil one. And so that's super encouraging. And I know that we're going to get into a little bit more of the meat of that and kind of break this down a little bit better. But no further ado, I want to honor the guest of my time and get right into our subject matter here. His name is Blake Healy. Uh, Many of you may have heard of him. He is one of the senior team members at Bethel Atlanta Church in Georgia. He's also the director of the Bethel uh, Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry. He lives in Peachtree City and his wife with his wife, April, and his five children. He's also the author of best-selling book, The Veil, and you can find out more about his ministry at BlakeKHealy.com. And so, Blake, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Michael. Oh, man, it's an honor. It's a joy to have you. Um, for those who may not be you know, aware of your ministry, acquainted with your ministry, I know that you've had a lot of supernatural encounters growing up at a young age with seeing in the spirit, angels, demons, encounters with the Lord. Uh, maybe just give us a little bit of background um, about yourself before we dive in today. Yeah, sure thing. So, yeah, you know, a big part of my testimony is that I've been seeing the spirit for as long as I can remember. So even back when I was a little two, three-year-old kid, I remember um, seeing angels, demons, and other spiritual things around me uh, just about as often as I saw everything else. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, my, my my first book, The Veil, is very much about kind of my my personal journey in growing to understand the things that I saw, understand that they were a gift from God, and learn how to um, understand and use the things that I saw to to encourage and bless mm-hmm. other people. And so that's been been a, a long journey, but uh, but a good one. 
<laughs> That's awesome, man. I know a lot of people have grabbed a hold of the veil and have really been blessed by it and uh, set free from it. And so now you wrote this book called Indestructible, uh, Fight Your Spiritual Battles from the Winning Side. And I read through a lot of this, man. I dove into several uh, chapters here and I absolutely love it. And for me personally, I'm not a stranger to spiritual warfare, man. When I was 14, 15 years old, I was seeing a lot in the spirit in, in regards to the demonic. I dabbled a lot in drugs and alcohol and a lot of my friends were atheist agnostic and I really opened up a lot of things at a young age, but I struggled with sleep, sleep paralysis. I would see, you know, have bad dreams, wake up. I'd see a demonic presence in the room. I, I wasn't able to speak. And uh, uh, just because I grew up in faith and because my mother told me about the name of Jesus and who Jesus is, I would, when I, when I could finally speak, I would say the name of Jesus and these demons would flee. Even as an unbeliever or someone who wasn't following the Lord wholeheartedly, you know, I use the name of Jesus and there was power in that name. But I know as, as a believer, once I got saved at 19 years old, you know, there's a lot of different stuff floating around there about the demonic and angels and the spiritual realm. And I just feel like I'm very careful with who I put on the show in terms of this subject because there's a lot of unhealthy, demon-focused, defeated perspectives out there on spiritual warfare. And I love how you start your book off, man, talking about the proper perspective and heaven's perspective on spiritual warfare. I'd love for you to dive into that, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I honestly was hesitant to write a book about spiritual warfare for, mm. for a long time, you know, partially because it is a subject that is really well worn. There's a lot of really good books out there. Um, but also partially because I, I very early in my kind of career with, with seeing the spirit realized that there was, um, there was so much more value in focusing on what heaven is doing and having that be the, the, the majority of your emphasis and focus and to only, you know, uh, get, you know, to gaze upon the Lord and just glance at, at what the enemy is doing. And so I, you know, for a while was hesitant to write a book on the subject, but I, I did feel the Lord start to correct me um, just a handful of years ago in, in pointing me toward how understanding a few keys or a few principles about how the enemy tries to attack us can help us recognize when we're under attack, not so that we can be scared or, or even just you know, focus all our time on fighting off the enemy, but in learning how to bring the light of the Lord to those areas. And yes. that really is the focus. You know, the, the metaphor I like to use, which is used in scripture regularly, is, you know, that of light and darkness. That, um, you know, the enemy is kind of, you know, uh, the Bible often uses the, me the metaphor of darkness to represent sin, the enemy, the demonic, and, and everything to do with that, and light to represent God, his kingdom, his plans, and his purposes. And, you know, if you think about it, you know, light is not an equal opposite of darkness. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like God has a hundred soldiers and the enemy has a hundred soldiers, and you know, it's an equal fight. They're not even disproportionately powered. It's not like the Lord has a hundred soldiers and the enemy has fifty. No, it's yeah. light is fundamentally more powerful than darkness. Darkness is nothing except for the absence of light. Absolutely. I find that to be very important, man, especially, you know, myself, you know, I got saved. I went to Bible school. Uh, I grew a lot, you know, in, in regard to this. And then I was going on mission trips. I was in Mozambique for a while. I was in Cambodia for a while. Um, and one thing I found among missionaries is, if, is like people would always say, hey, you're going into Thailand or Cambodia or, you know, India or some of these countries that have idol worship and you know, a lot of darkness, you know, and I don't want to diminish that at all, man. I, I truly trust me. I've experienced a demonic. I know that it's real. 
you know, but people would just, there was this, there was this sense where people were like, Oh, it's so dark here. Like everyone just like so many believers that I noticed became so focused on the darkness that was there and it would weigh them down. It would bring fear into their heart. They would actually become subject to that darkness and they would get sick and, and things would happen to them. You know, they weren't thriving in those atmospheres. They weren't living above it in those atmospheres. And I remember when I went to Cambodia, there's obviously, you know, you know, child trafficking and there's heavy darkness with, you know, um, different idols and shrines and everything that are there. And so I made sure as, as a team leader, I was like, no, we gotta, we gotta live above this. We gotta stay in worship. We gotta keep our focus on the Lord of glory. We gotta know who we carry is way more powerful than what is in this world. And I remember our team, we came out just very victorious. We didn't have anybody in that mentality. And if anybody was in that mentality, we'd quickly encourage them, pray for them and get their mind in the right place. We would worship and we would sing and we would encourage one another with the scriptures, you know, and it was, it was huge. And I just know from being involved in missions for so long that that could be something a lot of people come under because they focus so heavy on, on the demonic. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't want to deny, of course, that there aren't certain, certain places where there's more dark things going on or there's more darkness. It's, it's of course, just the truth that it, it doesn't matter how dark it is somewhere. The light is still the light, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's, you know, of course, just what you're saying there that that it's yeah, you know, it's you know, even right now during this uh, COVID-19, you know, pandemic that we're we're dealing with. I, I've you know, been talking to some of my team and different people and hey, there's more fear in the air. That's true. I look out the window, you know, right now I see a lot more demonic stuff carrying fear moving around than I do mm-hmm. than I did, yeah. you know, three months ago. And sure. there's no question about that, yeah. but who God is and what he's bringing and, and his power over the enemy is, doesn't matter how much darkness or how much fear is going on. The, the yeah. him and his purposes and his light are always infinitely more powerful than any of that. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Even just kind of tap it into what I said a little bit earlier, just, you know, going on top of your point, is, you know, when I was going through that sleep paralysis at night, it even continued as a believer. When I got radically saved with the Holy Spirit, the devil didn't quit. I was still experiencing that at night and even amplified for a little while because he was upset that I'm now a believer on fire telling people about Jesus. He was trying to put fear in me. He was trying to get me to quiet myself and not and not share, you know, or even not, not believe in, in the protection and the power of the Lord. And I used to just rebuke. I was always rebuking, always coming against the enemy. And you know, and in those times, it's very, very real. Like the, the like the enemy was coming against me. He was throwing lies into my brain. And if I would have came under it, it would have crippled me. And he was putting lies in my brain like, see, God's not protecting you. Or, or where was God last night? You prayed before you went to bed. But, you know, the enemy still attacked. Like, where you know, where's the Lord? Where's his angels? Where's his protection? And I would have to rise above it and declare the word of God. And what I've found, and this is, it's, it's not like, a, you know, a formula or anything like that. But I used to, and sometimes this is work, just rebuking and coming against it. I'm not against that form of prayer because it's worked a lot of times. But I found that if, if anything is happening, what I love to do is just get up from my bed and worship the Lord and just declare who he is and fill that atmosphere with his presence, declare his victory over the enemy, declare who he is at the right hand of the Father above power, principality. It's putting the focus on Jesus, the Lord of glory, and let, let his presence really just manifest in that atmosphere to dispel the darkness that is trying to attack. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is, you know, there, there's kind of two layers to spiritual warfare that I see is, you know, releasing that authority, whether it's declaring God's goodness or declaring his, his, his power for that area. I think, 
you know, we're always trying to focus more on releasing God's glory uh, to displace mm-hmm. the enemy rather than, yeah. you know, we have authority over the demonic. The scripture makes that clear, but we're not just looking to get rid of the enemy. We're looking to replace it with the things of God's kingdom, you know, and to that area. And, and that's, that's something too, I try to tell people and that's, there's a little, big theme of that in, in this book of there are things that we can do in our lifestyle in the way that we handle relationships, connection with the Lord, that actually just makes our, our personal lives an inhospitable place for the plans of the enemy. And when we do that, it's not because, you know, we're uh, just chasing the demonic away. It's, it's that we're filling our lives with the things of God. So there's just simply not room for, for the enemy's lies to take root in, a, in, in our daily experience. Yeah, I love that you got into that because I was actually about to go there. You talk about, you know, your book is called Indestructible, and you've got a section in your book that talks about becoming indestructible. And so you, you mentioned three ways that someone can strengthen themselves and become indestructible, and become a force to be reckoned with. I'd love for you to dive a little bit more into that because I just feel like this is an area that a lot of believers struggle. A lot of people come up to me, I'm just under attack right now, or I'm just, you know, the devil's really pounding me right now. And there's a you know, I just feel like there's a there's a there's a mentality, and I'm not, and I don't doubt that that's true. I believe that is true. But strengthening believers to have that mentality of no, I am strong. The word of God lives in me, and I have overcome the evil one. Like that scripture I mentioned is huge. And like, how could people be, become indestructible and really rise above the the you know these attacks? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I I'll start with what is the the most important aspect of spiritual warfare, which is intimacy and connection with God. If we're, if we're connected to God, then we're, we're connected to our source. We're connected to, to his heart. We're connected to our identity in him. And mm-hmm. if we're, if we're missing, if we're missing out on that, then we are, you know, we were disconnected from, from that truth, from that reality. And, you know, I, to make it relatively simple, you know, uh, the scripture also often uses the metaphor of marriage to describe our relationship with God. And, you know, just like in, in a marriage, you know, you need to be communicating and spending time together to, to grow your relationship. But it's also important to remember, of course, that just spending time together and having conversations don't automatically make you closer or more intimate. In fact, mm. having the wrong kinds of conversations or having the, the mm-hmm. uh, spending the wrong kind of time together can actually disconnect you more. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've met, I've met a lot of Christians who, for whatever reason, maybe they grew up in the church or just had an early childhood experience with the church. Sometimes things like reading the Bible can almost feel disconnecting because they maybe got taught to do that in a very religious way where it was mandatory. It was like a chore. And, you know, of course it's, it, essential that we understand God through his scriptures, through prayer, through yep. worship. Yep. But it but it's so important that we learn how to approach those things, not as an obligation, but as a a, a tool for relational growth of a, of a way of connecting to God and who he is. And so intimacy mm-hmm. with God really is the bed the bedrock of spiritual warfare. But the the other piece that I tend to that is secondary and important, but still very important, but uh is also the one that I tend to see lacking the most in yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in most Christians is uh, having a healthy community and an ecosystem of connection with yourself and connection with other people that, that helps 
produce health in your life. Um, you know, 90% of the people that I meet that are under some kind of demonic oppression, I, I ask, well, I ask all of them these, these three questions and 90% of them either have, are drastically missing one of them or, mm-hmm. but usually they're missing all three. I say, you know, what is, who are your friends? What do you do for fun? And what do you do for rest? And these, these three things, uh, they reinforce our life. You know, being able to have fun, do things for enjoyment. It protects the fruit of the spirit of joy in our lives. Yeah. You know, living at a pace that allows for rest, it, it, it protects the fruit of the spirit of peace in our lives. And of course, having close friends, intimate connections with people, it, it helps us. Uh, actually reinforces our connection with God and gives us uh, kind of bumpers that will let us know if we're, if we're being tricked by the enemy, if we're being misled or, or whatever else. So it's just absolutely an essential piece of a healthy Christian life. Oh, sure. And I really even just, even just the people that you surround your, and what'd you say about the quality of people you surround yourself with? I just feel like we have a mandate as believers to pour into people that are weaker. You know, God will put people in our hearts to reach out to that, might be, you know, maybe believers or unbelievers, of course, unbelievers, but we're talking about believers specifically right now that maybe are immature in the Lord and you feel in your heart that you're supposed to be someone that pours into them. But I just feel like having people on your wavelength or people that are stronger than you spiritually that could lift you up and really impart sound wisdom, prophetic knowledge, encouragement, comfort in the Lord. Absolutely. I think, I think all of us, you know, there's, there's subcategories within this, but I think all of us need three basic types of relationships. You know, we need we need spiritual mothers and fathers who are mentoring us, speaking into our lives, um, bringing direction, bringing you know help and and mm-hmm. advice and input. We need we need peers. We need people who are kind of in a similar life stage and a similar place with the Lord that are partners that we're running with that we're that we're um you know on equal footing that we can relate to. And we need mm-hmm. spiritual sons and daughters that that we're pouring into that we're giving advice to. And I think we need multiples of every single one of these types of relationships in our life. Absolutely. And even just being on the mission field, going back to that, like there's so many people that are, that are doing great things for the Lord, but they're burnt out. They're totally burned out. They're pouring everything into service and ministry, but they don't know how to rest. They don't know how to maintain hobbies. They don't view those things as spiritual. And I feel like that's, that's definitely an issue as well. Like, like you mentioned earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've, you know, they're, I've seen so many people who get, you know, either for, for whatever reason, whether they feel like they have ministry obligations or work obligations, they, um, this, this, you know, an, an overdeveloped drive to, to succeed where mm-hmm. we can work ourselves into the ground. We can compromise protecting that fruit of the spirit of peace in our lives. And that, you know, it, it's funny because it's, it's written in our biology as well. You know, if you're not, getting enough sleep, getting enough rest, you, your immune system goes down. You're more likely to get sick, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And the same exact principle is true in the spirit. If we are not feeding ourselves, our food, feeding our soul, feeding mm-hmm. our spirit, feeding ourselves a healthy diet of, of connection with the Lord, of things that bring us joy, of connection with other people, we're, we're much more susceptible to the lies of the enemy. It, it just opens us right up, you know? And, on the, on the other side, if we have those things, you know, the enemy could be throwing whatever he wants at us and it has almost no effect because <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, our natural ecosystem is just not a hospitable place for his plans and purposes. That's good. <laughs> That's really good, man. I agree with you. 
100%. And, you know, just to kind of, you know, having a book called The Destructible, Fight Your Spiritual Battles from the, from the Winning Side. And you talk about, you know, in the beginning of the show, you mentioned how there's reams of books, you know, about spiritual warfare, good books, and maybe some books that aren't, you know, the best. And I know you talk about misconceptions about spiritual warfare. You go into a Christian bookstore, you go into, you go online, you look up spiritual warfare books, you're going to find really great books that'll empower you, but also books that are a little bit off as well. You know what I mean? Like, what would you, what would you say to people that are digging into this subject? Like, what should they be looking for in terms of material? What are misconceptions they, they should try to avoid regarding the subject? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I personally just have a hard time with any understanding of spiritual warfare that doesn't um, acknowledge that Jesus has already won absolute victory, that, that Jesus has paid for every victory and he paid for it on the cross. And so we don't have to earn victory. We don't have to fight. Uh, we don't have to fight for victory. We are, we are sure. fighting from victory. We are, yeah. we are, you know, taking, we are taking the land and releasing God's kingdom. Um, you know, I, this is something I, even I really work hard not to do in, in my books is I'm generally not comfortable with books about spiritual warfare that cause fear. And it's, yeah. and, and I, I do, I do empathize with people who write these books because the enemy needs you to be scared of them, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he is, because he is defeated he needs to puff himself up. He needs to make himself look bigger than he is. He needs to make himself look more, more scary than he is. And, and so it's sometimes even in just describing what a demon looks like, oftentimes they look, you know, just aesthetically a way that would look frightening or intimidating. And so I, it it can be a bit of a catch 22 in trying to, you know, just be genuine about some things that people are seeing or experiencing but again, I, it's something that I really try to emphasize in, in my books and a lot of the, the good authors on the subject that I've read do it as well, is we have to, emph- I, I, you want to stay away from books that, that put too much power in the enemy's hands, yeah. the way they're drawing these, these pictures. You know, the, um, another kind of good key or just principle to apply even to things that you maybe have learned, you know, um, and then this, this is modeled in in the work of Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. any of the, yeah. any, any of the demons that Jesus cast out, it was very simple. It, it was a few minutes, maybe, you know, it was, yeah. it was, it was not, you know, of course there were um, times when the disciples hit snags and, and things like that. But every time that Jesus did it, it was very simple and you could tell the, I mean, even just reading these stories over and over of, you know, man of the Gatherians and, all the all these yeah. different stories of this, you can tell that there's just absolute authority in in Jesus. Yeah. And so, yeah. in my view, if any book that or any kind of belief system that makes us need to work really hard is is maybe not ill intentioned or anything, but is um mi- maybe missing tapping into the victory of Jesus because uh, because again we don't have to work for the victory or have to, you know, work up the authority. Jesus already won that for us and gave it to us. And so that's just a few keys, you know, to, um, to be looking for things that, that undermine the power of the enemy that reveal the, the kind of tricks and traps that, that he tries to do. And then of course, just the biggest thing I'm looking for when I'm reading these things is 
okay, how do these things show me how to release the authority of God and the goodness and glory of God into these areas of my life? Because that is what the long-term solution always looks like. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. Totally. So when it comes, like you said, like a lot of these people don't have ill intent and I believe you're hundred percent right as well. We just need more revelation of Jesus. I just feel like the, the overarching theme of books that are written or teachings that are pumped out should be Christ, his victory, who we are in Christ, the victory that we now have. Cause if you read the Bible, if you read the gospels, if you read, you know, the acts of the apostles and you read, you know, first John, and where it talks about, you know, those who are born of the spirit, the evil one cannot touch. And you are now strong. The word of God lives in you and you've overcome the evil one. There's this language that we are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus because he died for us and he loves us. There is this language of we are victorious. And yes, do not be ignorant of the tactics and the schemes of the enemy. And that's why I love books that, yeah, we need to know. We need to be aware of the enemy's plots and his schemes. But at the same time, we need to go back. The center theme needs to be Christ, what he accomplished, and how we can implement the victory, the power, and the spirit that we have in our everyday lives. I feel like a lot of books, they, you know, if they're if they're just if they're just talking about the demonic and explanations of the demonic and all this kind of stuff and the and the and the theme is fear, they they always have to say something, yeah, Jesus is victorious. There may be one or two sentences in there to make it right. But this is that's why I highly recommend picking up a book like Indestructible because you really put it in its proper place. You're not afraid to tackle you know, the enemy and the schemes and the plots of, of the evil one. But at the same time, your main theme is Christ and him crucified the gospel and who we are in the Lord. And so, hey, man, for those who are listening to this right now, who, you know, maybe discouraged because of COVID-19, everything that's taking place, maybe they're hungry to learn more about spiritual warfare, man. Can you maybe just encourage these people that are out there that are in fear, that are scared of the devil and and the sickness and disease, but also like, Man, these guys are hungry. Like they, they need to learn how to live an overcoming life. Can you speak into that? And maybe even pray over them as we end this. Absolutely. Yeah. No. The like I said, the number one thing that I would recommend for folks in this in this season, and I know some of the practical limitations make it hard right now, but it, it just means you just got to put some extra effort. Is you know, first, like I said, is find a way to connect with people. You know, we. The, the, one of the great blessings we have right now is we're in an age where, where technology makes connecting easier than it's ever, ever has been before, especially in a circumstance like this. So, you know, get on, get on FaceTime, get on Skype, get on, or it's a phone call or writing letters uh-huh. or anything, you know, get, get connected with other people, encourage one another, talk about things that are fun, talk about challenges that you're going Mm -hmm. through, you know, exercise some of that vulnerability, even if it feels redundant, even if it feels like, uh, I'm just talking about what's going, you know, it's, it's, it's good to exercise that connection and grow that connection with other people. And of course, you know, this in some ways could be an amazing opportunity to connect with the Lord, to, to spend some time with him and not out of obligation, not out of, Oh, I got to read, you know, six chapters a day. That's just what yep. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. No, look, look for who he is in the scripture and, and look and read the scripture with him as an act of intimacy, as an act of connection. And the other thing I'll just say is, you know, I think one of the most powerful things we can be doing in a season like this is, is taking every opportunity that we can, both privately and corporately, to, to worship God together. There's something... Mm-hmm beautiful and i've been i've been seeing it in the spirit every time we've done our our streams at, at our church is i see um 
you know, in a season like this, there's more spiritual activity of every kind. There's, I look out the window right now and I see more angels than I usually see. And I see more demons than I usually see because the, mm-hmm. the enemy is a hard, hard at work trying to induce fear, panic, um, mistrust, all these things. Mm-hmm. Of course, God is ready to, to respond even, in even greater ways. Um, I've yeah. noticed that as we've been worshiping corporately, whether it's uh, from our team or from uh, different people over streams and things like that, I just see these pathways get cut by people's worship where it almost like just cuts these pathways where, where the demons can't go and makes like room for angels to move more freely. That there's, mm. there's something about in the, in the midst of, you know, being worried about what might be happening with our work, what might be happening with the economy, what's going to, go on with the um this illness going forward to set that aside for just a moment and just gaze upon the lord and tell him how wonderful he is and tell him how beautiful he is and just and worship him in the midst mm. of maybe fear yeah. in the midst of some pain yeah. it, it's I, i'm literally watching it carve pathways in our environment and the yeah. the consequences of our worship are truly tremendous in this season so i would definitely encourage wow. people to do that Amen, bro. Amen. Um, for those who want to grab a copy of Indestructible to dive deeper into the subject matter, for those who want to get a copy of The Veil or maybe connect more with your ministry, man, how can people do that? Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, both the, the Veil and Indestructible are available wherever books are sold. Um, digital versions are available on Amazon. Um, there is uh, audio versions of my first two books. The audio version of Indestructible is uh, in production right now and should be available within a month or two. Awesome, man. And your website is BlakeKHealy.com? Uh, yep, that's me. Awesome, man. Awesome. And so thank you so much for joining me on the broadcast today and the crazy times you're going through, bro. I really appreciate you pulling aside. And uh, thank you for your contribution to the body of Christ, man, and really putting a gospel, Christ-centered, um, you know, uh, focus here on spiritual warfare and being honest and sharing your experiences. It's a blessing, man. Thanks so much for joining me today with that. Uh, thank you very much. Absolutely, man. We'll talk soon. Thank you guys for listening to Awaken Podcast. It's always a blessing to be with you. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help get it out to more people. You can listen anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Uh, uh, listen to. It's on charismapodcastnetwork.com. Um, thank you so much. We, we love you guys. We bless you. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to Awaken Podcast.